Well, to me, the best game of the Big 12 week is Kansas State and Texas Tech. No doubt about that. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. Of course, we cover the Big 12 Conference. And uh, that game, of course, featuring a team coming off a surprising loss. Kansas State Wildcats losing last week to the Oklahoma State Cowboys in Stillwater. Tim Fitzgerald with Go Power Cat uh, does an outstanding job. The site is must-read for not just K-Staters, but Big 12 fans who want to know what's happening uh, with that uh, team and around the conference as well. So, Tim, I don't want to spend too much time on last week, but, man, I mean, they go in as double-digit favorites, and they just laid an egg in uh, Stillwater. What happened? Well, well, technically, they didn't lay an egg because that would have taken effort. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They were lethargic, not focused. Um, I don't think anyone can really explain it, even inside the facility. I don't think they can quite grasp what went wrong, and hopefully it's not systemic and it goes on into Lubbock uh, this weekend. But I guess we'll find out. Everyone will find out. They really, we really won't know until we see him play. Okay, so what about you know the quarterback talk? Will Howard looks more like the 2021 version versus the 2022 version. Is that cause for concern, or is that more of just, uh, hey, bad game, maybe a, a, a tough start to the season, but we're not going to overlook it? We're not going to look into it too much. Well, uh, look, I I think we all agree and will agree if he hasn't played as well as we expected. I mean, he said at Tuesday's press conference, I, I know I haven't played great. I've played good. But I'm. he goes, I really – he said he didn't feel like he played uh, like last year. He felt like he played like the pandemic season. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, he, he thought it was as bad a performance since he was a true freshman. And he can't really explain it, but there it is. It's out there. And um, it, he just wasn't locked in. He just wasn't efficient. He he struggled at everything. He's having communication issues with receivers. He had it with his center. Um, it was just all out of whack. It was just really bizarre to watch. Now the question becomes, does he continue that, or does he, does this like shake him out? It was rock bottom, and now he knows, you know exactly what's going on. We'll find out. If not, I think we're going to see some Avery Johnson. I think we might see Avery Johnson either way on Saturday. Um, certainly to supplement the quarterback run game, which I think is effective against Texas Tech. So you think that Avery Johnson is going to start getting meaningful reps? Does that? do anything to that locker room or is that just saying, Hey, we got to win this game and this game plan is the best plan to win this game. Yeah. I think it'll re- it'll look, look a little bit like what they tried against Missouri. You know, I've observed this. I, I think what's interesting about how Avery played against Missouri, I, I think the coaches are, there's a sense that, well, that didn't work that well. Um, when all of us that watched it thought that actually worked better than the other stuff you were doing at that point of the game. You should have done more of Avery. Um, I, I can't imagine they won't have things into the the game plan for Avery Johnson. I just I they've got to have him ready to go if Will has another meltdown like he did, even if it is with miscommunication with receivers or whatever. They're going to have to try something else because I saw Will Howard's confidence collapse, um, and I think it was obvious his confidence came apart in that game, which. We really haven't seen happen in a long time.
No, we have not. Uh, Tim Fitzgerald is joining us here on Heartland College Sports. He covers Kansas State for Go Power Cat. So, I, I mean, we're looking at this team, and a lot of us thought they'd be competing again for a Big 12 championship, and we talk about the quarterback. But, man, the, the run defense has been good, Tim. That secondary is getting smoked. How do they fix that thing? Yeah, they've got injuries piling up on that side of the ball. We're uncertain about the status of either starting quarterback. Keep in mind they lost their first two. Their top two guys from last year are NFL rosters now, and and they've now lost these two guys to injuries. Maybe Jacob Paris will play. We don't know as of yet. Um, will Lee looks very doubtful, so they're even less experienced now at the cornerback position. Um, and at middle linebacker, they replaced the six-year senior with a true freshman. Uh, so it is less than ideal. Daniel Green got everyone lined up, got the defensive calls taken care of, um, and the run defense is pretty good. You, you take them out of the middle of the defense, and the whole system just gets less efficient, and I think we saw the results of that. Yeah, we did. All right, now uh, expectations for this team. How – how are you changing them? I mean, it looks like the Big 12 is fairly up for grabs uh, after, I don't know, yeah. I mean, I guess OU in Texas won two, but um, uh, how are you changing those expectations right now as we approach the halfway mark? You know, the media and fans had the luxury before the Oklahoma State game of looking ahead. Yeah. And, and boy, these four games, now three, are really winnable uh, as they head into Texas. But even now, I mean, you know, the players can't do that, but this loss changes all of that. While the loss of Texas to Oklahoma leaves the door open to run the table and get to the Big 12 championship, I think we all recognize that that's kind of silly to think about right now after what we just saw. So um, I think the expectation now is K-State needs to scrap and win every game possible, and if they do that enough, they'll have a successful season. If they play anywhere like they did at Oklahoma State, Keep in mind, despite all of the lackadaisical play from that team, they were still in a position to win in the fourth quarter, which or at least get it to overtime, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they start picking off some games, maybe they'll they'll you know kind of get their head of get some steam going, and we'll see, we'll find out. But I, I don't think we'll really know until we know that result of Texas Tech what the rest of the season might hold. If they lose this one, then a lot of things change. Yeah, that's true. So, Tim, I, I mean, I mentioned OU Texas. Uh, they look to be the top two teams in this conference. And not going to lie, I mean, I, we have a lot of OU Texas listeners, but, you know, they know this. I'm a Big 12 guy first and foremost, and it, it wouldn't be the best look for the league to have those two meeting for a Big no. 12 title at Jury World later in the season. I'm, You know, as a Big 12 guy first, I'm not going to be thrilled with that if it does happen. So what do you think about that ending to the season and what that would mean for the Big 12, if anything? Yeah, it would be less than ideal. But mm-hmm. they're good teams. There's yeah. no doubt about it. I mean, uh, but we also can't deny they haven't been in that game for two years. Uh, either one of them, Texas, hasn't been in there in a while. Um, I was really surprised with the outcome of Texas-Oklahoma. I thought Texas was <clears throat> maybe the best team in the country this year. In a down year, I don't even think the entire nation, I don't think there's dominant teams like we've seen. Um, maybe Georgia's getting to that level. We'll find out. But um, – I. I hadn't seen anything from Oklahoma that overwhelmed me. They had no power fives on their non-con. They won at Cincinnati and beat Iowa State. You know, that didn't really prove much to me. 
and this did. I thought they were really good and and were the better prepared team. I think if, you look, if you're Texas, you kind of feel like Kansas State after that loss. Like, wow, well, we should have won this game. But uh, it did redefine the conference and open up the door for for Oklahoma. And it looks like about their toughest game remaining is, remaining is Kansas, which is a pretty good football team that still might sneak into that championship game conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, speaking of the Big 12, Brett Yormark, I mean, he, you know, he's taken some shots here and there at uh, OU in Texas and their departure. That could be an awkward moment at Jerry World if we end up with those two teams playing for a Big 12 title, especially since he skipped the Red River showdown this past weekend, no? Yeah, it will be interesting to see how he handles it. Um, here, You know me, Pete, I'm a big conspiracy theory guy. <laughs> It, it almost feels like there was that big game in Texas between two teams he doesn't like to talk about. And then suddenly the next week we have a little information dropped about Gonzaga joining the conference and all the media swarms to that to discuss that instead of the OU Texas game. Um, I don't know. I, he doesn't really want that to happen. Yeah, it's less than ideal, but they're as of right now, they're the two best teams of the conference, and and I think the only ones who might be able to change that in reality are KU or K State. West Virginia could get into that conversation, but still not fully sold on the Mountaineers. All right, uh, I I I agree. Uh, we'll see what happens. But um, what about Gonzaga? You know, I don't like the idea at all of Gonzaga coming to this conference. I see no value in it long-term. I think that if Mark Few leaves Gonzaga, they're not Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga in the Big 12 is not Gonzaga. They're 11-7, and seven and they're a you know, seven seed in the tournament. That's not Gonzaga. Do you like this? Do you see any value here? Because I don't. I, I see value if two things occur. One is he truly is right, and he can get more value out of a TV rights contract by splitting them into two. Football only, you're buying the football rights, and then another contract for basketball and everything else. If that really does boost the value of the conference, it's smart, and then it's smart to supplement that with basketball brands. So it takes more than Gonzaga. As you mentioned, there's some concerns about you know their longevity after Mark Few. But can you get Villanova? Can you get, you know, a couple more of those Big East programs? Maybe in our neck of the woods at Creighton? I don't know. Um, I I think his master plan is 20 football schools and 24 schools overall. Um, And a lot of that depends now the timing on the state of the ACC. That's how he would get to 20 football teams. Um, And it opens up the possibility if Notre Dame's absolutely convinced they want to stay independent in football, that maybe they're one of the basketball and other schools to come in. Um, so there's, it's intriguing to me to see the possibilities, but he'll only do it if there's tremendous value. I don't believe these media reports that he's talking about anything immediate. I don't. I think he's just paving the way, uh, continuing to talk to them about the long term. They haven't even started the new contract that doesn't appear to have any way to supplement a non-football member. Um, so I, I still don't think this would happen until the next contract, which is like seven years down the road. But do you um, think? I don't know. I, 
I, I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying about adding value with the contract. But, Tim, I think Gonzaga loses all of its luster coming to the Big 12. I, I, don't, I don't think they're competing for conference titles year in, year out, and going 30-3 and three and getting one and two seeds in the Big Dance. And then they're just kind of a school in Spokane, Washington, with 6,000 you know, undergrads and no media market. I, I agree. I totally agree with that. And also, if you're avoiding Washington State and Oregon State yeah, because of some sense of geography that you don't want to stretch all the way there, then you add Gonzaga. It doesn't add up to me. Yeah. Uh, but if you're in favor of this, you can make the argument that, well, if Gonzaga joins the Big 12, they've done a pretty good job recruiting but this opens up the door to a lot of players on the West Coast that might want to play in the best basketball league in the nation. Um, and maybe their recruiting increases. Hmm. I, I just continue to believe there's a lot of smoke here and not a lot of substance, at least in the short term. Yeah. Um, who do you mean by that, by the way? Who, who would be enticed to this league if you had Gonzaga, in your opinion? No, I mean Gonzaga might be able to recruit oh, players, okay. even more players. Gotcha. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think I think that that might raise their profile. You know, look, if you're a top recruit, go to Gonzaga. You know, you're going to play most of your games when few people see it, mm-hmm. um, and then you know you'll have your national games. Uh, the second they come to the Big Twelve, the stage gets much bigger. The uh, the visibility of you as a basketball player gets enormous, um, and so I, I can kind of see that maybe helping them from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. But boy, I, I, I would be concerned about the Mark Few departure scenario because that gets really sticky. Anything to Michigan State, whether it's uh, climbing, Leipold. I mean, I know both fan bases hoping that those guys are locked in here um, in this state for a long time. But uh, any any smoke to that fire? Uh, no. I mean, I know climbing's not. He, I mean, I had a conversation with him. It was pretty clear. Um, there's not an interest in that job. If any job, it's certainly not that job. I, I, I of course, don't cover Kansas. I, I find it hard to believe Lance Leipold would want to go to that mess. He's already, you know, hip deep in a mess he's solving efficiently, effectively in Lawrence. Why would you want to go start over? Um, is the money that much greater? I kind of feel like the Leipold thing is an agent trying to keep KU motivated with the stadium renovations and don't stall out and try to drive the donors to say, okay, I'll do it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think, I, I think my flight holds in, in Lawrence for the long term, unless they really screw up and say, you know what, we're going to have to delay this renovation. Then I think you might look around. Mm, that's a good point. Tim Fitzgerald, Go Power Cat, doing great work there uh, covering Kansas State. Hey, Tim, uh, keep it up. We'll be, of course, watching what I believe to be the best game in the Big 12 this weekend, K-State at Texas Tech, and we'll be reading everything at Go Power Cat. We appreciate you, my man. I'm not sure if that's a compliment towards the quality of this game or the lack of quality of the other games. Well, here's the thing. I I had somebody say that to me earlier. Hey, the Big 12's got no good games. I'm like, well, every game has a spread of five points or less. So, I don't know. I think we got a lot of coin flip games this weekend, you know? You know what? That leans into the philosophy that Big 12 should really uh, put put its money into being the sports betting league. Did you see the number that K-State Oklahoma State pulled on a Friday night? Um, I mean, it was like 2.3 million viewers, which is 
you know, a solid number. I think it was 10th for the weekend, but for a Friday night, that's substantial. That's big. And if someone said, it, it's got to be sports betters. I mean, I think even Case Daters were tuning out of that game. <laughs> it's got to be. It's, it, I, I think this conference really needs to lean into sports betting. I know it's a touchy subject with a lot of people, but it's legal all over the country, most places, except for Missouri. And um, Well, here's the thing. And Texas and Oklahoma, there's a lot of Big 12 states. Utah, I don't think, has it either, right? So that's going to be tricky. Well, that's all valid. Um, uh, but I, I don't think you're trying to get the viewers in the states or the fan bases to True. engage. You're trying to get the national viewers out there to say, hey, I love watching the Big 12 because I, I place a lot of bets on it. It's really entertaining stuff. Um, I, I think, personally, I think the Big 12 should carve out an area of its contract, um, you know, whether it's something as wacky as the Big 12 on FS1 every every Saturday, all three time slots are Big 12. I don't know. Um, and have a sports betting expert, along with a rules person, on, on the cruise. Um, you know, back in studio but yeah i'd have a sports betting person talking about the prop bets will howard's you know way under his passing number or whatever it is i think it'd offer an entertainment value that might attract those rabid viewers that are available just to watch college football well that's a great point and i just saw this last year in the nba regular season games that aired on abc espn tnt the big national games averaged 1.6 million so K-State, Oklahoma State on a Friday night did 50% better than that. That's pretty darn good. Yep, that is. That is substantial. And, um, yeah, I, I think they, they've got a real angle there. And Brett Yormark's a smart guy. That's why he's flirted with UNLV. He just – I think he's hesitant. I think the, you know, the university presidents and maybe some ADs would be hesitant about the sports betting move too. Mm-hmm. Well, Tim, great conversation as always, my friend. We appreciate you. Okay. Good to talk to you, my friend. He's Tim Fitzgerald. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks for being here. Hey, before you head out, would you leave us a rating or a review? Hit the five-star. What do you say? We want to get to 750 here by Halloween. I think we're at 710-ish right now. Just hit the five-star. It takes you two seconds. And then subscribe. And if you want the koozie, um, leave a rating and a review. We'll get you hooked up with that koozie. By um, mail, just send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We so appreciate you guys. Thank you for being here on the podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.